0: This is Your Favorite Artists, Favorite Artists, where we explore the influences of well-known creatives. Jake, we're going to talk about Shia. Normally we got Sophie on, but... uh... She's busy tonight, and normally we don't want to deal with all this long distance audio. Now that people's expectations for audio is so much lower in the COVID era, her bar give this has been low for
1: sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's up? My name's Jacob.
0: What's up, Jake? Jake, he's our local internet expert, he's been to the depths. <laughs> So I figured we'd bring him along since we're talking about Shia LaBeouf today and really going to focus on his exploration into performance art especially and kind of how that relates to the world of the internet, but that's not necessarily going to be our focus. So I guess we should start off just by talking about Shia. Shia's life, how he became famous, because I guess that's a big part of it. You know, he's a celebrity before he was ever considered himself to be an artist.
1: Uh, Well, I saw the movie Honey Boy, so I know everything about Shia LaBeouf's history.
0: (laughs) I know, we're all like, we feel like we know his biography perfectly. That was pretty good. I liked it. I thought it was good, man.
1: Yeah, it was good. I liked it a lot. It was Um, very emotional. Did
0: you ever see Even Stevens?
1: I loved Even Stevens, yeah.
0: I, om- I remember almost nothing, but I remember one episode only, and he was calling chicks up, and he was prank calling him, but then... This was at the time when like, what do you call it, when on your phone you can see who called? Caller ID? Yeah, caller ID was just becoming a thing. And so like that's how he got caught, is some chick had the updated phone with caller ID. And she's like, I have caller ID, I know it was you who called. That shows you how long ago that was.
1: My favorite episode was, um, Beans was like the weird kid. That was his neighbor, and Lewis is his name in the show, like Lewis. Finds out, like, Beans has a mm-hmm. hot cousin or sister or something and is trying to get with her. And then, uh, it's, like, really successful, but anytime he goes to make a move, he sees, uh, like, Beans' face on his, <laughs> on the girl, so he like, goes to kiss her. And then it's, like, her face, and it's his uh, face, and he's like, Hey, what's up? And, like, you know. And then he freaks out, and then, That's uh, good. Yeah, it was tight. It was a really good show.
0: Movies worth noting that are definitely not considered art by the public, but were still kind of worth mentioning in his career. He was in Holes. My personal favorite, Surf's Up. The, the soundtrack, Surf's Up. That was a good one. You know, Transformers. Uh, That's when he was rich.
1: Did you ever see that made-for-TV movie on Disney?
0: Nah, I never had TV, really. Too like, poor to have relatable nostalgia.
1: Dude, it was really sad. It was like he plays a. I think he has um, kind of like a form of like Down syndrome, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, it's like a like a drama about a family, and and I remember like they. I just remember a sequence watching it, and and like his dad got mad at him and made him cry, and I felt so sad watching it as a kid. <laughs> a real good deep cut important. for any Shia LaBeouf fans, but. <laughs>
0: Any real Shia LaBeouf fans are going to be extremely frustrated by the end of this because I have not seen all his
1: movies. (laughs) He was in in Freaks and Geeks.
0: Yeah, see, I don't know. Wow.
1: Just just Google search it. If anybody's interested, it's like... Google search Shia LaBeouf mentally handicapped Disney movie. (laughs) And someone's going to pop up. I'm sure it's like ripped to YouTube. Highly recommend it.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay, that's good. Uh, I'm sure it aged
1: well. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I'm sure it has because his work is timeless, baby. <laughs>
0: so some of his, his heroes growing up being in childhood movie star, some of his heroes were like Leonardo DiCaprio because Leo started young and he made some real serious movies. You know, some real yeah. uh, Leo was kind of the the person to be if you're a childhood actor and mm-hmm. you want to take your craft to the next level.
1: Have you seen uh, What's Eating Gilbert Great?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: That's a really sad one. I like sad movies,
0: I guess. <laughs> You're a sad guy. What can I'm I say? a sad guy. You have a sad life. A sad <laughs> so, his dad obviously played a big part in his life, but he's always kind of resented his father, and I don't want to get too much in it. I don't want to speak for him, but he ends up deciding that what he really needs to do, it comes like a life and death situation for him, an act of survival to make the movie. Honey Boy. He calls it an act of survival in an interview where he's on a a round table with the guy who's in all of Scorsese's movies. Was
1: it uh, De Niro?
0: Yeah. He's on a round table with De Niro and several others and he he mentions that. He says that like I had to make this movie it wasn't really uh, his doctor basically told him like maybe you should really think about trying to save yourself by putting your creativity in this place to work through it and create some empathy for your father which is a big part of his goal with his performance artist team which is Ronco, Turner, LaBeouf, yeah, their whole goal basically is to combat the modernist attitude nowadays of cynicism and nihilism, insincerity. He wants to get rid of those things and instead replace it with empathy, hope, a search for beauty, a search for truth. And uh, that's what he tried to do with that movie that he made, you know, and I think we'll see a lot more of that, is his goals in his movies will Start to align with the goals of his performance pieces, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll talk in detail about those, of course.
1: It was absolutely sincere, I and mean, that's kind of uh, I don't know, man. Like, that movie is super heavy. I think, like, it, it's interesting because you explained to someone you making a movie about yourself, it sounds like really pretentious, like masturbatory. Mm-hmm. But I think, in a context that is like artists not just working through trauma, he's also doing it to share, put on a plate for you to see, too. That was like. The biggest part of it is that he's, he's um, like compacting it into something that you can also take for yourself and share with, which I think is kind of the gist of this movement of being sincere.
0: Yeah, yeah. And sincerity oftentimes goes along with narcissism, you know, Mm -hmm. because we think about our own problems and you're making art about life. It's usually about your life. And hopefully that resonates with people. Definitely, it feels like people get frustrated when anyone who has found wealth and success finds something to complain and cry about. Mm-hmm. People get pissed about that. <laughs> but you know, it's just like, he's, he's being honest. He's putting it on the table.
1: It's very, like, it's very simple. I can see how people can, can look over it. But it's absolutely about him going through and dealing with trauma from mm-hmm. the beginning to the end. Having this parallel of him talking to the kid version of himself. Going back and, and uh, to that place, I felt, like, really abstract, and for me, like, it just verified more how much of it was just him, like, dealing with his own trauma, rather than, like, someone just, like, bitching or, like, or complaining, you know, about <laughs> their life. So. Right,
0: yeah. Yeah, let's back up and talk about some of his influences in music, and then after that, we'll just jump into how this whole thing got started with him doing performances, more conceptual interaction pieces. With music, he's really into hip-hop. This is a super long interview you can watch with like Sway in the morning. I don't know if you ever listened to like Sway. Mm Uh, I listen to all those, like, Sway in the Morning, Hot 97, but, like, all those hip-hop radio shows where, like, rappers will come in and talk. He goes on there and he spits a freestyle. He talks with RZA from Wu-Tang and all kinds of stuff. It's pretty cool. So he's, he's like, big on the knowledge. He's, like, an 80s baby. He's into, like, Tupac, Biggie, Wu-Tang, Missy Elliott, Prince. But then, like, later, the same, you probably got into it at some point, was this, like, underground rap, quote-unquote. It's, uh-huh. like, a lot of Aesop rock not asap rock but asap rock ever yeah. listen to that stuff yeah. just super like heavy like almost conscious rap some people say yeah but like not necessarily conscious rap just kind of like a mixture of white kid rap and chemo or whatever
1: no i <laughs> i admit was... i admit no i um yeah dude, i, I mean like... i love i love asap asap's
0: actually super dope yeah and like type... elp the rap who's now with run the jewels
1: no i really liked mf doom in high school and uh, yeah. i would like I had a SoundCloud. I'd make, I'd like make beats and stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, you do some, you do some conscious rap about not wearing chains.
1: <laughs> no, it was like uh, they were kind of like shit post songs, like to make my friends laugh. My my one friend that did music <laughs> laugh <laughs> No one really got it.
0: Yeah, well, when he was in his early twenties, he started trying to direct stuff. You know, little things. Yeah, like uh, he did a music video for this New York based rapper named Cage back in two thousand nine. I remember him saying about the music video, he said the shit is better than riding unicorns, <laughs> because he says that this was this was his favorite his favorite rapper, and he's directing his favorite rapper's music video. That's really cool that at that young age he's able to basically. Go and contact all these other creative people because of the platform that he has growing yeah. up, his fame. Basically, yeah. um, he also did a short film called Maniac with Kid Cudi. It's like a slasher. It definitely looks like a bunch of college kids made it. You know, it's like a small budget. It's kind of like a, a kind of like a cheesy idea. Yeah, but that's what I think about all of Shia's work. Even now, is he looks like a college student?
1: He he is a millennial. Like he is the millennial. You know, like he's. <laughs> and that's what yeah. we are. We're like always in college. It's like this per like we're I mean it's always in our face, you know, we're always gonna have like our debts to pay and everything. We'll basically be students or students. Yeah, he class. looks like a perpetual college student. It's like students as a class of people rather than an occupation, like we'll we'll basically, you know, we're all in this <laughs> for who knows how long, right? Even when we yeah, graduate. yeah. He's kinda like the prince of of that. You go on Reddit, type in like Shia LaBeouf core, and you want to get the the millennial I, uh, ideal of, of, of fashion. And um, oh yes, He's, he's yes, very much bag like, look. my man's got drip. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. We should talk about that too. We're definitely gonna get into how he has some had some interactions with Kanye West. But we will we'll talk recently, about
1: that. He's on late night TV, and he's wearing like corduroy. <laughs> That's really cool. Like, 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 that's in, you know, and everything. But I don't see anybody of that, you know, status uh, wearing cool clothes like that. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds yeah, yeah. dumb, but I, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> man, fearless. <laughs> Corroy. <laughs> but no, for real, though. Um, like, vintage t-shirts that are way too small for him. And then, like, combat boots that probably cost, like, $5 at army surplus. He's got a dope look. Yeah. Someone else... Kevin Abstract from Brockhampton, I saw an interview with him, and what's that dude with a giant beard who's, like, recorded, like, Jay-Z's music and Johnny Cash? Rick Rubin? Yes, Rick Rubin. So he had an interview with Rick Rubin, and Abstract said that, that Shia is, like, the god to him. He's, like, so into Shia. And they actually have, like, little meetups with just a couple friends, and they yeah. just, like, sit around and, t- and talk about what project they've been working on that week i read that it's, it's kind of like a little, it's a little more
1: than that it's like he holds his own like homegrown therapy that's so sick i'm convinced he could he could start a cult if he wanted to yeah <laughs> he's very yeah uh, well i know
0: he just chills with cuddy and stuff all the time
1: he's a great orator and a uh, smooth talker <laughs> he gets me to join his cult
0: so let's talk now about how he got it all started So it started out, there's this guy named Daniel Klaus. Shia LaBeouf, he starts making a cartoon. He makes it based off of a comic book by a man named Daniel Klaus. Shia does not end up giving this guy any type of credit. And so basically the whole project is scrapped. He tries to apologize to the guy, but it's not going over well. Shia goes online, he makes a public apology on like Twitter. Everyone thinks it's totally insincere. Klaus says it's insincere, Klaus says it's basically a non-apology, you know, he's just trying to get out of it, you know. And so Shia ends up just like trying to do some research, like, "Hmm, how can I show my sincerity? How can I let people know that I'm actually sincere? And so he starts thinking like, okay, well, who else has had this problem before? And so he starts thinking about everyone who's ever given a public apology. So how can you believe someone is sincere? And so he decides what he's going to do is he's going to look up people who have given public apologies in the past So he looks up the apologies of Justin Bieber of Gucci Mane Of Bill Clinton. He goes on and on and on looking up all these people who have given public apologies And he just looks for the ones that have worked in the past and what's funny is he kind of does this Appropriation squared where he got in trouble because he copied this dude's work, and so he decides you know it would be very appropriate is to copy all of these apologies and put them out online and so that's what he ends up doing is he literally copies justin bieber's apology gucci Mane's apology bill clinton's apology he he puts those online and so then obviously people think well this guy's obviously not being sincere at all because he's like continuing to steal in order to apologize for stealing
1: yeah that's awesome
0: yeah it's so good you know but like We'll get into this idea of modernism, which is the idea of having maximum irony and maximum sincerity at the same time. Yeah, so like Shia was like really kind of like, that was his first step into kind of like a downward spiral of insanity. <laughs> but as like, I like to see it as like his breach of the wall yeah. into experimentalism.
1: I had no idea about the apology thing. That's hilarious. I was wondering how Bill Clinton was going to come up. Yeah. i so excited to see
0: that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he ends up uh, apologizing and making, you know, statements. And he was, like, really kind of beating himself up about about kind of where he was. And so he was looking at, like, philosophy about probably starting out, he said, like, like studying about appropriation and then studying about the online um, attitude that people have, just kind of, like, studying about how he can... Change his life because he was in like, a weird place. Yeah, and he ended up stumbling upon a manifesto by a guy named Luke Turner. And so, in 2014, LaBeouf contacted Turner about a manifesto that he had published called Meta Modernism. And this was the theory of recent culture philosophical shifts, and it's the idea that like pessimism is not what this generation needs, and that sincere questions of beauty and truth are important to be asked you know which up to this point had kind of been dismissed as kind of a ridiculous thing to discuss
1: mm-hmm. yeah so we got here it says uh this is a quote from from Turner. turner's uh, it reads just as science strives for poetic elegance artists might assume a quest for truth all information is grounds for knowledge whether empirical or aphoristic no matter its truth value we should embrace the scientific poetic synthesis and informed naivety of a magical realism. Error breeds sense.
0: Yeah, so that's, unless you went to, to art school, that's kind of like a little too much. In fact, Shia said the whole thing seemed like total nonsense to him. He couldn't understand any of it. But one part he, he understood was the very last sentence, where it says, Error breeds sense. And so for someone who thinks his whole life has just been a bunch of, you know, screw ups, he thinks, well, this is exactly what I need is, is this type of attitude of like seeking truth and aphoristic knowledge, which aphoristic means like an aphorism is like a short saying of wisdom, you know, Mm -hmm. like the early bird catches the worm, you know, it's not like, it's not quantifiable, but it just, there's a feeling of truth in it. Yeah that's something that he wanted to try and search for
1: uh, i'm just trying to put that in the context of the science striving for poetic elegance some anecdotal example i can't <laughs> and i agree <laughs> so you're like wondering, like, like, how, how, how does science how does science
0: does. strive for poetic elegance i think poetic elegance it doesn't really that's funny does it really strive for it or does it just happen upon it i guess uh, I don't know if science strives for it, but scientists and people who view science want to understand it in its simplicity and its beauty. Because you can find beauty in truth, beauty in science. But I think what he's saying is art should strive for truth, but just not necessarily quantifiable, empirical, evidence-based truth. Yeah. Instead, a different kind of truth that like, we yes. all understand through instinct and feeling and empathy. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it means, at least.
1: I, I agree. Well, I'm thinking, I guess I'm, I'm honed in on the science bit because I, I don't want to jump ahead, but that quote, though, I read from Shia Buff of uh, how he prays, even though he doesn't, right. he doesn't, he thinks God doesn't exist. And that's hilarious to me. Yeah, it's so a really great funny.
0: quote. Anyway, we'll talk about it. So maybe let's jump right into what he did after I'm Sorry. He tried a couple other attempts at art, I guess. I'm not famous anymore. That was another piece he did. He put a bag over his head and wrote, I'm not famous anymore on it. This is definitely the the artistic attempt of someone who's going through a hard time. It's not
1: as legendary as like Britney Spears shaving her head.
0: <laughs> right, but it's like he's making a point and he's trying mm-hmm. to figure out a way to express himself in, in different ways. It's He's, a clear you know, milestone,
1: like, like, as we zoom out and look at it, it's, like, <laughs> this is where it all began.
0: Yeah. So, okay, so, he ends up meeting with Luke Turner, and Luke Turner and him, and Nostra Saudi Ronco, I'm sorry, I don't know how Dude, to say Dude, actually, that's Ronco.
1: exactly how it's pronounced, bro. <laughs> um, Can you say Ronco,
0: it again?
1: Mrs. Ronco. Yeah, Mrs. Ronco.
0: Mrs. Bronco, um, she Shia saw her work too, and decided that she had been making really great work as well, and that they were all kind of a good team to like work together on a project. Can I just say start dude, doing
1: like must be nice. <laughs> it, it's awesome. Like, yeah, I, you know, I read I read a book about him, so I I basically got him to join my crew, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happens when you, when you're famous, man, that's That's the one thing you get, that's the one thing you get is, um, opportunity to meet people. I think that's the best thing that comes from fame. Yeah. You know, besides, I don't know what it
1: does when, when you, I'm sure it adds like a lot of validation to these, like this struggle. And when, when you're, you're, you're going through A, B, and C and you're processing this, it's probably so validating when you have like one person to, to talk to like another artist of this caliber to right do remotely like, like anything you know i'm i'm sure it really like puts a lot of gas in the tank that's uh um, yeah. i'm i'm sure that like was a big effect on on what he on what he did and why he kept going uh it was really interesting too like, i want to know what what they saw at, at that point too and what got them interested i doubt it was because of star power you know and i think <laughs> it's, it's, been, i'm pretty sure it's always be been else. like seems like a cool dude you know
0: yeah and i think he has he has um he's a professional feeler that's one thing he's good at is showing his feelings yeah and he's already experimented a little bit with saying i'm sorry in these strange ways and so i think it really kind of goes along with some of the the concepts of this so-called meta modernism Mm -hmm. so i think you know all those things together if it's not just that he's a famous dude but obviously that helps, in some ways. But it also detracts in some ways from the art pieces, perhaps.
1: Oh yeah, it goes both ways. But like I bring that up because obviously, like there's more. It's not just I, I. there's no way that like these are great artists. There's no way they're just like um, doing it for star power or anything. Really, there's <laughs> there's more for them um, to, to get out of it.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if we mentioned, but so Shia put a paper bag over his head that said, "I'm not famous anymore." And he went on a red carpet like that. He also did an installation where he sat in a chair wearing this mask that says, I'm not famous anymore on it. There were several objects on a table that represented some of the movies he had been in. Like there were some objects like a, like a ukulele and a whip from like Indiana, jo- like Indiana Jones. And like all these things that have to do with like Even Stevens, all these movies he's been in sitting on this table, and what it is is it's an homage to a Marina Abramovich piece, or perhaps a Yoko Ono piece, where they stand there, and they allow the audience to do something with him as the object, basically, you know, and so they come in, and they have a conversation with him, or something, you know, and I feel like it was not as strong as some of their later work that they did, but it is trying to use a... A play, playing on his narcissism, basically, and this, um, I guess, the narrative of the meltdown, Star Child.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know what to say about this because it's like, like I, I, know we're talking about irony, but um, we've talked about this before. And uh, it's not a particular thing. I'm super stoked about. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but like, come and talk to me. You know, hey, like, sit down and, and like, this idea of engaging in me it's it's very weird you know it's very bizarre but um, yeah I
0: think it's very strange when the when the the power of the piece comes from the fact that like oh my gosh I can't believe I'm meeting so-and-so that feels wrong you know and I think that's what a lot of people get when they go to art museum they'll see a Van Gogh well a Van Gogh painting no matter who you are it's it's amazing but like some other painting maybe and you're like oh my gosh I can't believe I'm seeing this And, like, that's Mm. what you're really feeling. You're not feeling the work itself, you know? And I think that's the problem is the reason why there's lines that go down the street and people are waiting for 48 hours in this line in order to, to like, literally just stand in a room with Shia LaBeouf with a bag on his head is just because he's a star. It wouldn't necessarily work if he wasn't famous. Or maybe it would work better if he wasn't famous because then... Well, the concept of I'm not famous anymore. Obviously, he has to be famous. But like in some other performance piece, perhaps it would work better because there wouldn't be this hype, there wouldn't be this line, and yeah. so it would actually perhaps work a little bit more according to plan. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, take note. Like, obviously, like this is something like you mentioned, Bar from Yoko Ono and Marina. Um, yeah, who definitely exhibit those qualities. <laughs> of like yeah, nar- narcissism, narcissism, the cult <laughs> of, the, of the individual
0: artist. Definitely, yeah. Marina like yeah. literally had a bunch of college students come to like a farm and like get naked and hug trees. Uh, you know, she's she's like the closest thing to a cult leader that you have in the art world. And, I'm really uh, gonna go see uh, that I... movie
1: again just for that zoom in of like the girl. Was crying? there like a
0: kid a, like crying or holding a tree? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, like, and like this work is, is an obvious reference to Marina Abramovich because she's the perfect example of a person, like people going to see a famous person just because they're famous and like breaking down crying because it's a famous person when really they should be breaking down crying because they're finally taking the time to have a human connection with someone and like be in the moment. And that ends up becoming what a lot of their work is about as they continue on. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, the next piece they did was called follow my heart. And the idea was that Shia wore like a heart monitor so people could see how fast or how slow his heart was beating. And people could just go online and keep track of it. And so there's definitely that sense of narcissism like, oh, this is Shia LaBeouf's heart. So we should actually tune in. You know, yeah. which that's a tool, you know, that's a tool. If you have that, you use the tools in your belt. Uh-huh. And Turner and and Ronco are like, OK, well, we have this tool. And Shia, he's using his tool, you know, for his art, you know, and his tool is his fame that people will for some reason tune in. So he wears this heart monitor. And that I think because they don't actually have to go in front of him and take a selfie, uh-huh. that one actually feels like there's room there for people to try and feel some empathy and some sense of beauty in the act of just like listening to someone's heartbeat as they get upset or uh, start to slow down or go for a run or whatever it may be, and you recognize that in their heartbeat.
1: Yeah, I think, I didn't really think about that with the last thing we talked about, but the idea that it was kind of a group project probably helped out a lot with that image of, of narcissism, but rather Shia is as, like, their object. Yeah. It's, like, their, you know, that's their scope that you're looking through, that they're making you look through instead of him himself, uh, which I think is something important to consider.
0: Does that and sit better with you? Because yeah, no, so I think
1: much- it, I think, and I'm probably for other people, it's, like, a saving grace that this is, you know, created by other people as, like, they're deciding what's being simulated and what's happening. And, like, you said, like, yeah. oh, I, I don't think it matters because something like this, we'll go into later, like, how it, I think it evolved. But, but right now, it's like you have to, like these, these things you have to see to, to be there. I really, really want to go to some kind of, um, after, like, ragging on it for so, like, so many times, I want to go and, and do one of these things where I go meet the artist and look into their <sighs> eyes. So I can, I can say for myself, because I really, I, I feel like at the end of the day, I'm like, doesn't matter what I think about that, because it's, I mean, obviously these people did have experiences doing it. Uh, well, I think
0: you can have that experience with anyone, and so to say that you can't have it, or that it's, it's BS, I think if sincerity and time spent with someone, physical, like uh, human interaction, right? Sincere fit human interaction. I think sincere is important to add. Sincere human interaction plus time equals empathy and love you can you can fall in love with anybody you can you can care about anyone you can see the beauty in that person Mm -hmm. if you you give them the time of day you know if you open yourself up to them and they open themselves up to you Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of the point of their work and that's what they start to do over time with these projects let's see so another piece they did is introductions, which that's a bigger piece. That's a, a bigger piece where Shia... So we're mm-hmm. talking about using the tools in your belt, right? Yeah. Shia is famous, right? He can also act. And so they decide, okay, well, let's use this actor to act. And so they give him a script written by all these uh, students at this like art school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And each script can only be about 60 seconds long um, Shy will perform those scripts, and none of the scripts people don't know about any of them except for one, which is "Just Do It." <laughs> You've seen "Just Do It," right?
1: It's the classic, yeah. That's, that's yeah, it was written. It was
0: yeah, it was written by a person named Joshua Parker. Tons of people wrote these 60-second scripts or whatever, and none of them really blew up like "Just Do It." Yeah. And I want to I see the other it, ones. Yeah, yeah. There's some really good ones. Um, some well, some really strange ones is maybe a better word for it. <laughs> um, what would like what would one, we do?
1: Like, what would you do? You can you can write a a, a sixty second script. That's and
0: I had to uh, I had to give him like something to say.
1: Yeah, that's so. That's fun. a really
0: good question. I don't know. That's a really good question to the audience out there. All ten of our listeners, please, if you're at home. Write a script for Shia LaBeouf and send it to us.
1: And Joe will act it out I like will, Shia and I'll
0: perform it. Okay, um, so Just Do It is a video that blew up the internet. It's him just shouting, Just Do It. And frankly, it's the most motivational um, thing I've ever listened to. <laughs> like, as far as, like, all these other um, motivational speakers, I think mm-hmm. are just kind of, like, they don't they don't hit the spot like shia does screaming at you
1: no it really is powerful like and now it it has a meme quality to it partly because it's funny but at the same time it's it's pretty raw (laughs) yeah and there's this this is like i think when things like that's probably my favorite thing he did before uh the old like he will not divide us thing yeah but um given like this formula that we're talking about of where do you draw the line that's like too maybe like self-indulgent to where you're not interested um Mm -hmm. but this is a good i i like this because it's and from the get-go like like i don't i didn't have an idea that that was shiloh buff's main doing i remember seeing it not knowing anything about it being like an art piece but it felt like collaborative i didn't i because it's something i just didn't see him doing at all um like it makes sense though i don't know there was always this weird, like, mystery around Shiloh Buff at yeah. this time. Like, it made, like, there's, like, funny, like, that YouTube video, that Shia LaBeouf song was, like, really annoying. I think it was, um, you know, a a random video. But there was, like, weird stuff going on. Uh, he was already, like, kind of in the light. Uh, that yeah, that was tight. That was awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was definitely one of the meme... Uh, Characters, You know, yeah. he's one of the protagonists in the world of memes. Yeah. And, like, I really liked that piece just because it was it was hilarious. And they, re- they released it with him doing this, performing this Just Do It monologue in front of a green screen intentionally so that the internet could take it wherever they wanted. Yeah. And they released it on Vimeo under, like, a non-commercial account. And they went through, like, very careful steps to make sure that people can do whatever they want with this. Uh-huh. And that's like a beautiful thing, you know, because they knew when people say like, are you upset that your so-called like high and mighty performance piece got hijacked by the internet? No, he's not upset. That was the intended purpose. Yeah. And so that's really great. The next piece he did was all of the movies and it's pretty straightforward. It's a video that you can watch of Shia LaBeouf sitting in a movie theater and watching all of the movies that he's been in. You see his face where he's like crying and like smiling and like laughing at himself. Yeah. And it's kind of like it's obviously hilarious. Like it's obviously ironic. But uh, it's also like you see sincere emotions inside of him as yeah. he's like looking back at basically his entire life.
1: The sound it sounds like so masochistic. <laughs> um not as that's yeah. like really like really good performance art, I think. It's like Yeah. It uh, has the the factor of time. This was what like a few days or something. I don't I don't know. It was like a like a whole day I think of, of uh-huh. movies. You know, um, so you have this like kind of the factor you've already seen of somebody like enduring. There's like an endurance factor, and then yeah. also that you are there watching him like uncomfortable because there's nowhere he can turn. Where these are emotions that he just has to have. Like there's no way you can do this and just kind of grin and bear it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a good idea, I think, and it he kind of reflects too. Up. and, like, this question isn't, I don't think it's supposed to be answered, of, like, what's, you know, where do you draw the line of being too self-indulgent, or it's like, it, that's, we're not asking it to find an answer, that's kind of yeah. the point, is for you, and I think that's what engages um, the viewer to conclude, because you're also kind of figuring out your own boundary with this, and how much you can kind of let yourself enjoy it, but, for listeners, it's kind of like on, uh, like on the nose, uh, because I'm I'm reading Infinite Jest right now. It just kind of has to do with, um, you know, meta, whatever. Um. Uh, there's a video titled "A Great Way to Read Infinite Jest," and they just took the video of Shia LaBeouf watching his films, and they just took this like dull audio recording of the whole book, or as much as they could, you know, fit over this time frame. And to to play so it sounds like he's watching he's like watching someone read it or something it's incredibly like painful there's no way you can watch the whole thing but it's a good (laughs) idea
0: yeah yeah and i think they probably chose that video because they probably didn't keep the rights to it or whatever you know i wouldn't be surprised if they uh left it open-ended so that people could use use videos the work of shia that's and,
1: important, man. I think that's a really big, I think that's a big deal and I think it's something that you need to take it into account, especially today with the internet. Um, I think it clearly like shows you know, like who the boomers are, especially like for a, a, a performance piece um, when you like, like buying or selling the rights of just like doing something. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's so t- funny t- to me. And uh, yeah, this, totally I don't want to derail too much, but um, I was watching like, Maybe it was a conversation we were having, I was blowing off steam, and I was like... <laughs> I felt like I wanted to just like, pick on somebody, but I was trying to find like a video like justifying that, that banana that was sold for how much? Like, $50,000? And it was this lady doing all these mental gymnastics to explain like, why this is legit. Not just like, they were, like this is something that happens in our world, like, no, this is totally legit, this is how art works... You do performance fees and you sell your rights. <laughs> and it wasn't the banana that was sold, it was the rights to, to tape a banana to the wall. And she's saying it with like a smiling face. And it was so funny, like like huh. man, how miserable. But um
0: Because even when the banana rots, uh, Sophie and I talked about this when we did the podcast about Maurizio Catalan. Yeah. You actually when the banana rots, you put a new banana there. Yeah. Like the way the way the his gallerist described it is when your flowers die, you put a new flowers in the vase, like, <laughs>
1: duh, you put duh. a new banana in it when it rots.
0: Yeah. And so like, really what you're buying is a certificate and you get to decide how much that certificate is worth to you. If it, as a collector's item, that certificate is worth $50,000 to you, then there you have it. I don't know how much it costs. A hundred, a hundred thousand. I don't know.
1: I think like, uh, this is another, like, it's, I don't know that there's a threshold. It's, yeah. it's money laundering. Congrats. And that's okay with me. It's yeah, fine.
0: Yeah, you know, spend your money how you like. Okay, so... Um, af- Back to business. After, the, after the, all the movies, I feel like this is when it becomes more, less narcissistic and more about human connection. I think this yeah. is where, after all the movies, they, like, finally reach a breakthrough. And it's no longer just narcissistic, celebrity meltdown made into performance art. And now it's really become... In its own all uh, experiments about human connection and the next one is called take me anywhere Shia LaBeouf and his two friends the team they go online they post their location and they ask people take me anywhere and people weren't sure what that meant it's like take you around town what does it mean and it literally just meant take them anywhere and so they hitchhiked all across the United States by just random strangers who like found their coordinates online i think that's great you know i mean i've hitchhiked before and like part of the reason you do it is to save money if you're me um (laughs) that was the only reason i did it at the time but what you get out of it is is human connection and like this strange jumbled rambling of narrative of like these new characters that enter your life and you make these interesting connections that you never forget, even though you only maybe spent an hour or so with this person in their yeah. car.
1: Those are a prototype, too, to, like, what he did later on. But, like, involving the internet and kind of combating anonymity. Uh, like, here, like, you can see it online where I am, you know. It wasn't it's, – it's really interesting to think about how they – I'm sure that was, like, part of it because I, I can only assume that because of what things became. That they're probably thinking about how to incorporate the internet because I th- and I'm just like really scratch. I'm really like itching, dude, to get to the "He'll Not Divide Us" thing because it goes okay. into that. I'm so excited! yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: we'll definitely we'll definitely get to it after "Touch My Soul,"
1: but um, "Touch My Soul" classic. But
0: "Take Me Anywhere." One thing I wanted to mention is I don't think this was even part of "Take Me Anywhere," because it was just Shia, my friend. Um, his aunt lives in Alaska. Yeah, and. She picked up some dude on the side of the road in Alaska, and it was Shia LaBeouf. I'm serious, bro. She sent my my friend uh, a photograph. We were in high school, I think. And I, he's like, "Look at this photograph." My aunt just sent me, and it was a picture of her and Shia LaBeouf, just like with like a with like a his straight face mug right next to this lady from Alaska in her truck or whatever that's why i think of him as like a college kid you know because like me at my like dirtiest and poorest with my most outrageous ideas in college that's how i see shia at this point which he's probably in his late 20s at this point but he's still and he obviously he's filthy rich but he's still just like bumming it yeah trying to get some type of real experience out of his surreal life
1: yeah that'd be pretty cool to give shia LaBeouf. um (laughs) But no, that's, well, that's the thing
0: is like he. I think he was trying to integrate himself into a regular society. You know, yeah. I think that's what part of this project is. It's like trying to get his citizenship back. Yeah. <laughs> in being a human.
1: Yeah, being like, becoming a normie, but you can't. And I think, I don't know, maybe that that's like an argument between like cynicism and if, whether you can get it back or not. Uh, but right, it's or whether emphasize here that possibly you can. not and that, or at least the the search for it is really important.
0: Yeah, I think that search for for realness, uh, rawness. You know, that's that's mm. why a lot of people go on the road and stick their thumb out and just travel. Yeah, I mean that's part of it. That's part of that's part of it. You know, and maybe that's that's a way. If you if that's how you feel inside, you know, if you feel like you don't have a home, if you mm. feel like you're always transient, if you feel like a piece of trash and then that's you pick up your hobo lifestyle and just hit the road you know yeah Yeah, seriously um touch my soul is another piece they had a hotline so seriously they're like sitting at desks they have like the headphones on and they live stream all of these so that's another way that they incorporate the internet so it's shia and Ronco and turner and they all pick up the phone. Hello, this is Shia, can you touch my soul? And whatever they say, they say. And so a lot of people just call up and say, dude, what is wrong with you? You're rich, white, liberal, just doing your nonsense. And he just sits there and he takes it. And like, he doesn't say anything except for, can you touch my soul? Yeah. It's just this crazy idea. It's like, how can you touch someone's soul? Other people will pick up and they'll be like, oh my gosh, it's you. And they'll like break down crying because they're so surprised, you know? Like, that's some people's reaction. Um, One woman, she brings her little, like, three year old child over, and her and her child are like having this moment with Shia LaBeouf on the phone. And, you know, like, everyone's crying, and it's just this special moment. It's just like if you just ask someone, Can you touch my soul? And they actually take a second and be like, Wait, can I actually touch someone's soul? Can you actually go to a stranger? and touch their soul. Can you even do that? It's very difficult yeah. to do. Yeah. The thing is this project, tons of these interactions don't you know, don't make any connection, you know, because people go there for the wrong reason. They go there mm-hmm. with like this shallow feeling and that's what they're getting out of it and they're like this is this is BS. But if you really just like shot like you and I, like if we know each other, you know, so we can yeah. we can really connect. Yeah. But like a stranger, it's actually very difficult to touch someone's soul maybe or maybe it's not what do you think
1: i think of uh i was gonna ask i was gonna ask you but you asked me first. i i think you can it's weird like this is uh like obviously this is Shiloh buff's trying to simulate something that he's seen it's funny because he's an actor and he's like simulated our lives you know like we've always referenced tv you know like school i'm gonna go to school i hope it's like you know the show i watched as a kid um that's kind of we hold things to here he is uh looking to us kind of as a reference point and trying to simulate these things that he missed out on when i get all the time (laughs) that's what's so i guess i think of like times i've rode the bus uh and had like interesting conversations with people and walked away kind of like spooked out Uh Um, Whoa, that was weird you know and and uh, like
0: positive too right what about like positive positive Positive, absolutely
1: positive yeah like oh man i need it like that was really cool training so when i when i first moved here to utah i took a bus everywhere when my when my car broke down and i had to meet people all the time that was like i don't know, I felt like uh i know it sounds like kind of lame like i felt like i was supposed to meet them dude uh-huh. but there was some kind I mean, of interaction some,
0: some, yeah
1: it's so powerful where they touch like, your
0: soul. And it feels like it's purposeful because it's because it's because it's so real,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've had the opposite. I've had a, like very sharp um, <laughs> like encounters um, too. It's like the, it's the exact opposite, but like it's all with it. And obviously, and like thinking of that, you know. So how how is he simulating that? You know, it's like random people somewhere, like warm and uh, absolute, you know, exaggerations too, you know, crying and stuff like that, or. Passing him out it's really really interesting <laughs> yeah yeah um, and those
0: are the exaggerations but i think every interaction you have with someone usually lands somewhere in the middle you know yeah and yeah. if you think of it as art because art is just a way is just a creative abstract way of communicating with another person mm-hmm. you know that's all art is yeah well, in a no, way it's not like not necessarily those... all art is but i think that's a good definition
1: and some of those encounters are things that like not necessarily art but the but the concept that i want to create that i just i can't put in a bottle at all and i don't think i will like how they were like those are moments that just happened i wish i could have like wrote them down or had someone like taking notes or something just very bizarre encounters that was like Oh, did <laughs> this, <laughs> this guy, <laughs> and, and, I don't know, yeah. I think, the thing too is like, it was very personal, or I think someone would have probably come across the same person, a total weirdo, yeah. but, um, but for me it was like, probably like the, uh, most coolest, uh, inter- entertaining thing, but, authentic though, I don't mean to say like, I came across some kooky people, and it was really funny, or anything like that, but, yeah, yeah, people authenticity, that, yeah, absolutely authentic, and that's what's weird too, is like, I don't, I can't reciprocate. Um, but I really I really appreciate it though. I feel mm-hmm. like I am a jaded fool. I'm a total cynic. That's why I like Shiloh Buff, because it's something that's totally out of my covers and it's something that I am I have to confront.
0: I think it's important so. he's the kind of person we need right now. <laughs> I mean <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. But he's the kind of thinker it's that it's good to have around when everyone on the internet is just cynical, insincere, and nihilist.
1: No, I would, um, I would like not, to know, help you out. Maybe not the person that we need, but like he's doing work that we need. Like yes, yeah, he's, yeah. he's that's doing a better things that's like, that we to think. could use.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. The next piece we should talk about, I guess, is he will not divide us. You want to talk about that, Jake?
1: Yeah, so I think that. um. Shia Buff was, was already doing these pieces that had these themes of being authentic and, like, using the internet. Like, I think not so much using the internet, but it's just modern. It's today. That's not really about the technology. The only thing that, like, you can compare it to technology is that, you know, there are simulations uh, and they're using technology. But, like, anyways, this was in 2016, and I think that is... When I think like this really started to be uh, looked at as something like, like when like media really started to be produced and art that that kind of tried to tackle this. But Trump became elected, as we know. And uh, everybody, I'm sure, was like so excited, like, there's gonna be so much good art, you know. And, and, and uh, I it's, know it's 2020, yeah, and it's knew, four years later. I knew Rage Against the <laughs> Machine was gonna get back together. So I was Yeah, sure right? <laughs> their, their, their reunion tour. <laughs> man i wish i could afford those tickets <laughs> in new york it, essentially a video feed with just the the words plastered on top of the live video streaming like previous projects where it, he will not divide us was was the message on the wall and people would go and chant and i don't know like the like the statement if the idea was we're going to be chanting this throughout but th- I think it also. I think it's throughout
0: throughout his entire uh, presidency, but I mean, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, like was it? We we're gonna say he will not divide us. I think it was just that that was the title of it that people were repeating it.
0: And there was gonna be a place there, yeah.
1: Yeah, because if you go watch these streams, the idea and like throughout people are just chanting like, uh, "He will not divide us. He will not divide us." I think like like as it started, it was pretty awful. Like, old kind of, oh, it was a good idea, but. As much as the, his last few pieces were pretty good, there it wasn't. Why do you, as, why do you um, think it
0: wasn't good? I think this was a really good piece. I, got I even think it got better. worse as it went on.
1: Oh, I think it got even better in a way. And that it was so confrontational, where like he he got to experience even further of like this this reality, where before it was on the phone, but uh, in this case it was like real people coming out that and. They weren't just, like, making fun of him, but they were kind of making fun of, like, this whole idea that you had of being authentic. These are, like, the most cynical, jaded fools. Obviously, like, these are the guys that like, got Trump in out of spite. <laughs> like, spite voting. You know, like, just absolutely, uh, like, in it just to uh, to laugh and, and, and cackle, though. Not, like, so what, you, ah, what are you So what are you talking laugh?
0: about? You should explain yourself. Like, what are, what are people so, doing?
1: So basically... Like, and who
0: are these people? What do you mean?
1: So organized meetups of people going and, and saying things, especially when Shia Buff was there, we're looking at it as just this video feed. People would go on and like kind of counter protest in a way and have their like their signs from of like Pepe the Frog and Nazi role playing and stuff like that to just like in so a So basically people lid.
0: just showed up to be as offensive as possible in yeah, a place to, where to, people to... Me- were meant to gather together and just be sincere and, and try and like not be divided. You know, the yeah. idea was like, despite <laughs> despite your beliefs, we're all coming over to this area, which is like a, a peace circle, you know? Yeah, yeah. And if you're in the peace circle, we just talk about how we're not going to be divided, no matter our beliefs. And we're not mm-hmm. going to let one person, you know, that was the thing is like, as soon as Trump was elected, people were like, okay, well, the cracks of the earth have opened up and hell has come out upon us. There's mm-hmm. no point in showing hope or trying to make any type of connection with people on the other side of the political um, spectrum. Mm -hmm. Instead, we should just stay depressed and stay divided. The idea of Shia's performance, I think, was that everyone is to gather to this area with a big wall that says he will not divide us. And this Mm -hmm. is the area where people are to go and not be divided. And so I think if it wasn't for the internet, (laughs) this piece would have been a really beautiful place and it would have been able to continue on throughout Trump's entire um, time in office. But because of the internet and these people who refuse to give any si- any sense of sincerity, people who are like 12-year-old losers who yeah. just, just want to show up and be as offensive as possible, they kind of effed it up. But you think that that was kind of an interesting interaction between the two? Yeah,
1: and, and I think it... I see that interaction as the whole part because... You know I, know, I know it was unfortunate, like, that, because, like, it, it didn't just cancel there, like, for those listening, they moved it to a hidden, they had, instead they, they had it on a flag, people to divide us on a flag, out in the middle of nowhere, and then people online, like, by figuring out the trajectory and the way airplanes were flying over, <laughs> figured out where he was, and they took it. Not only did they take it, though, they hoisted, like, a MAGA hat on top. And, uh, yeah, that's, there, that's ridiculous. You it know? went, uh, it went even to, um, roof in a museum across the, across the country in like the UK. And so, from so many attempts of people trying to take it, it <laughs> closed down and ended up being like, and then, uh, from what I understand, it's like now just streaming still, but on a wall where no one knows at all where it is.
0: Mm. Well, I but, think, I think that's sad. Honestly, it is I sad. It's, yeah
1: I, I th- Not only do I think it's sad
0: But I think it's like it shows you that hype and like I don't know losers who have nothing better to do be offensive <laughs> I think it's, it's kind of it kind of just f the whole thing
1: up. I would agree I think there's more though. I think that I think that like those losers are like part of it though Like they have to be given credit in a way that they stoke the fire for this to happen well, They stoke
0: like, the hype definitely
1: that like without that movement there wouldn't. Be, I don't think the human on Divide Us thing would have would have been like it was. I mean, who's. I mean, who's to say? But um, sure. Also, though, like it, it was like the internet manifested in real life, and that doesn't yeah. happen very often. It's, you ru- know? It's,
0: it's it doesn't. Like those people usually stay in the basement.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah and it was <laughs> just so bizarre, and, and I guess that's what like there's even more artistic merit to it for me and Mm -hmm. I I think that like when something dies like in martyrdom I think it definitely validates the piece I don't remember the name of that that giant painting we talked about this that that was you know slashed
0: yeah so it's a painting by Barnett Newman and it's called Who's Afraid of Red Yellow and Blue which is crazy because it's just this it's just a minimalist painting it's just a big red painting with like a line in it and what's funny is with a name like "Who's Afraid of It?", it's interesting that someone attacked it, which you, was what you were going to mention.
1: Yeah, it's kind of um, part of the piece, <laughs> you know. It's like so fulfilling, and, and that's what I see with with the "He Will Not Divide Us." It was divided, and you know, who's to say that they're like, like, yeah, this is going to shut down. This pushed Shia about even further because he got, um, he got arrested doing this. Yeah, he like um, licked some dude. He was just yeah, freaking out. He was
0: going nuts.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know, like, I think that really kicked it off, because I, I think that was this movement of, of hope that uh-huh. still seemed like doomed from the beginning, though. I feel like watching the videos there's <laughs> this, like, act of getting together and, like, he will not divide us, it was depressing, you know? And then and it's just weird. It was very chaotic. But I think that was, like, as far as the performance piece, it was, was my favorite of them, because it, it was absolutely performative. And, and you see him acting most... He's the the wildest reactions, and you know I really. <laughs> definitely the, world... the
0: greatest spectacle out of all of them. That's true. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's what I had to say about it. I'm really interested in how, and I'm trying to think of something where he has combined that and actually got these people that are other online, and again, I think it's something that it's dismissed too much. But oh, like maybe like these four chan trolls, or you know, tearing you know tearing this apart, but. Um, right now, the way we exchange memes and the format that we use them on is basically, like, all from this, this cesspool, which also, you know, translated, What it, I know it wasn't in the beginning, but it ended up becoming this, like, exchange of ideas. That's what, I, that's what I'm really interested in, is, like, it became a really honest representation that especially at that time of 2016, weirdos came out like, yeah, this is us. And we quickly became this, uh, like, ethno-nationalist, like, had that connotation. And here it was defined. I feel like, like, that's the opposite, too. It's like the total inverse of of what he's doing, where it's himself. You know, we're talking about anonymity. And if you go to a place like 4chan, the way that works is you don't log in or anything. You're saying things into the void. And that's why it's the the most ugliest place you can you can go to but i don't know, like here it was like clearly in front of you defined it's like after something that felt like so like mysterious the website itself it's like you can go and see it you don't want to because it's ugly just like this was it was like this like you would want to be there <laughs> you know it represented what was going on like in that in that, in that way it was really good art because it really accurately explained like what was going on in 2016
0: yeah i'd say that's probably true actually And you know, maybe it was a bit of naive, naive uh, of that group to think that something like that wouldn't happen to a live stream performance that goes on for so long. Some works of art are like plants that can't survive out of their greenhouse, and that's the point of like an art museum. Yeah, it's like a place. But like the thing is, that's what makes it so elitist. You know. Yeah. Yeah, And that that
1: Um, too. Why this was another thing of it being performing as the internet of where it wasn't behind a door. It was on a uh-huh. street, you know? Even the uh, the lettering, like, it felt like just the surface. The surface was like a gallery, you know? But yeah. that was it, you know? And and that, that see, that was, like, another aspect of it that was really interesting. It wasn't in a gallery. And, and you could go through. And that part, it took away, like, a layer of that simulation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's yeah. so interesting, dude. I don't know how much he meant. I doubt he, he meant for a lot of that to happen, but... Like <laughs> grew into something. I think it was kind of kind of beautiful and, and unique.
0: Yeah. Well, this idea of not being divided and trying to tame America in a way, mm. I think it reminds me of one of my favorite works of art by Joseph Boyce. I think it's called "I Like America and America Likes Me." But Joseph Boyce goes in a room with a coyote for several days. He has to coexist with this wild animal. And eventually, you know, they're laying down together like the lion and the lamb, you know, when Mm. at first the coyote was trying to come after him and he protected himself with a with a woolen blanket and a cane, just making sure that he had the cane, you know, just to like keep his distance, basically. And that's always been like a, a really beautiful work of art in my eyes, because first of all, it is a spectacle. You know, that's the thing with so many performance pieces is like a performance piece is usually boring and horrible and no one actually likes it. You know, and it's usually very um, self-righteous and um, uh, narcissistic. But I thought Mm. this piece, a man in a room with a coyote, that's something you would like see on YouTube and you'd actually want to watch, you know, (laughs) even if it wasn't labeled as art. Uh, But it also has like a really hopeful, powerful message to it, you know, which is like this man, the coyote, of course, is kind of like always been known as like this mystic spiritual representation of America. And so mm-hmm. it's interesting. This is like German artist coming and performing this piece with a coyote. It's kind of like this idea of like a person trying to not make amends, but to tame the mm-hmm. wild spirit of America in some, in some fashion or at least to coexist with it. Yeah. And what I think is interesting is Joseph Boyce. There's a tattoo that Shia has on his shoulder, on his arm. And I saw it when I was watching American honey Um, Which is an amazing movie, by the way. Um, If you watch that movie, you'll know exactly how all the kids that I was around growing up. Because it's like, they they don't pick actors for any of these kids in this movie. They're all just like actual kids that you would see in the middle of America somewhere, trapped in a trailer park or something like that. It was amazing. And I grew up in Idaho, you know, in a farm town. And uh, all my friends were just like those kids. (laughs) Um,
1: uh, Honey Boy or American... Is that American, Honey. American, American Honey American Honey Okay I you got to
0: watch it it's good But in this movie he plays this dude who like goes door to door selling magazines you know and yeah. just lives with a bunch of other like misfit kids who have no family basically And um, I see this tattoo on his arm and I'm like I didn't think it was actually his tattoo I thought first of all it's out of character for this character to have that tattoo because this is like very highbrow like elitist uh-huh. type of like artwork so it doesn't make any sense but maybe it's like it's either shia's actual tattoo or it's a beautiful homage like a hidden like easter egg to try and describe what this movie american honey is really about but i saw later on the set of honey boy that he also had that tattoo so it's actually his real tattoo which is actually like a super dope tattoo if you're gonna get uh, a joseph boyce tattoo that's actually really (laughs) dope but yeah, so like it still it incorporates those ideas of uh, mysticism, magical realism, the spiritual.
1: I love that piece. It's, oh, uh, there's like a real element of danger. And I mean, honestly, that's all my favorite performance <laughs> <laughs> pieces. It's like, there's it
0: like an element of like something. So you can't say, like, I could do that, like you can with like a painting, huh?
1: Yeah, I have a thought, like, whoa, like he could die. And I'm like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, I mean, not always, but. I've never, like, there's a correlation um, what do you you introduce introduced me to uh, Chris Burden Yeah, it's Chris getting Burden shot. is the best Like, nothing is cooler than that That's how, that's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of you know, this, like, idea of like, actually putting yourself in, in danger yeah. and that's really, super
0: American uh, artwork, too Yeah Chris Burden has this quote where he says Nothing's more American than getting shot And I'm like, that is so awesome Like, that's mm-hmm. such a good quote So it's this video of, like, Chris Burden just getting, like, shot um, and, you know, surviving, obviously. The the Boyce one, it definitely, like, has a sense of hope and, like, an attempt, like, a scientific attempt to reach a spiritual truth, which I think is really cool. Yeah. So we were talking about Shia as a celebrity versus Shia as an artist and kind of how being a celebrity kind of gets in the way.
1: I think at this point, though, he's done a really good job of... It's like serve both, I think. Where he's now doing work that he's pulling, he's using his art now in his in his film, and I see that he yes, has that. Yeah, they're coming together. Now. Yeah, it's it's like he's he's been able to kind of come back home and and apply all these things. And and I I haven't seen American Honey. I want to see it now that I, you've you explained it. But that's yeah, that's what's on my mind. Is like I I feel like it's, it's starting to kinda of come around, he's able to bring it and apply it into his into his film. Cause these are all like things I I'm, I'm seeing in his in his more recent work.
0: Yeah, the more recent work seems to have the same goal as his performance pieces. That's mm-hmm. kinda how I see it. It's like a good documentation. It's a good self portrait of America and um, the vulnerability that exists there. But like also reaching the same creative goals as far as discovery mm-hmm. goes. And as far as like not totally working the artwork not totally working due to like the hype and the celebrity um there's a good quote that shia gives and he talks about kind of like the sense of like giving his his work faith giving his artwork faith and just kind of the same way that he gives spirituality he he allows to have faith in spirituality And he says, even if you never get there, there's something really instructive or incisive about living as if. Like as if your work accomplishes that goal. As if you're going to touch someone's soul. Like you have to attempt and you have to play it out as if it'll work. And he says, I like to pray at night when I'm scared, even though science tells me there's no God. But I still pray. I don't know why. It's just something I do. And I feel like I'm a better person because of it. So I don't believe in him or her or it, but yes, I do. Religion is a man-made creative act. So in that way, it's artwork. And it's just really strong art. I love that quote, the idea of spirituality, even traditional spirituality like religion, playing a role in someone's life as they recognize it to be a creative act.
1: I've noticed, like, like love him or hate him, but he's he's done a work in this. Like Jordan Peterson is like a big figure, who I don't know the guy. You know, he's like kind of a, a people call him a witch doctor or some people are, like a motivational speaker. Things. C- oh yeah, he, of, he's the like, guy who talks no about religious
0: archetypes,
1: right? Yeah, he had some impact. This is the first time that like I heard it in like mainstream. It was this argument that there's something worth in the worship, even if you can't say that, that, that you believe like, like wholeheartedly that there's life after death, or if you can't um, announce that Jesus is the Christ, or whatever. Right, it's, know, something, it's something
0: powerful in the, in the creative abstract process of religion. That is an abstract performance creative act, basically. Prayer is a creative act, you know? And if it's not true, it's even more of a creative act, because you're actually creating something into the into the universe of nothing if that's what you believe
1: i think like, like i can relate a lot with performing on on a mode i can't entirely say that like these things are like 100 percent true or or like having a, a physical surety but it's like like this strikes a chord with all of us right now and i think because of the internet i think because of the way we view science and the way we've we've also viewed religion, like we've had a very like very small window of how we of how we see these things. Hmm. It's like I don't know for him, like you hear you hear him talk about these experiences. They, they they're like profoundly religious to him, and right? Like even even more so than you could talk to someone who maybe just like goes through the motions and is like a, does things out of his habit or for someone else's approval. But these are all like very like he's exhibiting very like religious. Like tendencies and like and behaviors. Yeah. yeah. Like I I like what you said though about it about tying into church. It is performance art in that sense. Yeah, Uh, connection and all that. Yeah, I'm so interested to see where that goes. And that's something that I'm really like that I really appreciate. Um, I think we're just gonna like be leaning into that in the next few years to come. And I think we got there from from (gasps) despair. Like, but just like especially with art like i feel like like as, as much as we need a safe space to say like he won't divide us i feel like you also need a safe space to like look into that void and be cynical and uh, the question
0: yeah because i mean definitely art should be about questioning and be, feeling safe to question anything i mean that's definitely true but i think that's the thing is i feel like that's already the mode that's society mode already is just not believe in anything hate everyone, hate yourself. Don't don't ever be sincere with your feelings and like be super jaded. I guess that's not always true. That's not true for everyone, but I mean that's true for a certain number of people in the art world and like the art that you see. A lot of it's surface level and it's jaded. And I think it's okay to be cynical and even questioning and even pessimistic. Not that that's necessarily helpful to the world or whatever, but if that's mm-hmm. your honest feelings, I think that's great. But I think honesty and being a seeker of truth—I think those are important things that are perhaps missing in a lot of artwork.
1: It feels like something new, though. At the same time, like maybe it's just things getting even more cynical. Maybe it, you know, it's it's not it's not good at all. But I feel like there is a new, as much as this is kind of new that's going on right now, like a, a, a brand of cynicism or or, or being jaded. Uh, <laughs> I don't know like I I we talked about um, like Brad Brad Trommel a lot. Yeah, who, Brad Trommel, man.
0: Look him up if you don't know him.
1: He what what he's done is taking the format of memes which come from like 4, 4chan and even using their dialect to argue in art and, and in politics and it's very the thing is is like it's it's very cutting. <laughs> it's not Yeah. Um, and uh but i think it's absolutely sincere maybe what it is we have also a fake feeling of also being genuine that we also have to cut through i mean at least for me i resort to it because i also feel like as much as i want to be um genuine and real at the same time like i feel spiteful of the these like these happy faces that are that are fake too you know like you you have to break it down at the same well, time. Well
0: being happy happy it can be just as fake as being sad or jaded. Yeah. You know? And yeah. that's the thing is people are lonely, people are upset and pessimistic and whatever. And you can be funny, you know, you can like most of most of these pieces that Shia did, there's like a really there's like a sense of humor and an irony to Yeah. Them, you know, so you oh, can be sure. maximum irony, maximum sincerity at the same time. You know, you just gotta figure out how to how to tune that instrument right where you're really making something That connects with people and Mm -hmm. that's actually about life you know that's something jerry salt said that i really like is don't make art about art don't make art about ideas make art about life yeah and if you're making it about how you're really feeling or like what you think is if you're making it about a sincere attempt to either show your vulnerability or search for truth then like you're gonna make something in someone's eyes, it could be terrible art. Like, in someone's eyes, they could say that all of Shia's work is pretty terrible. But one thing you can't say is that it's not real, because it's definitely real. I
1: agree. Yeah. I like that Jerry Saltz quote, too. That, uh, you had me listen to that podcast episode. Uh, what was the name of that?
0: Art Talk, or something like that. It's these two British guys. Um...
1: They're friends of ours.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, they have this... I mean, like, dude, they have this thing called like core art teen bro that's so cringy just instead of quarantine anyway it's pretty bad but they they have i mean they're very nice guys and they're they really have really cool people on their podcast and they actually interview artists instead of just talk about them like we do so you should give them a listen what else do you want to say before we start talking about shy's style real quick just like to like bring it down to like <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm excited this is all in my mind right now because today I I listened to a few things about metamodernism and uh, so I've i just kind of been thinking all day of like is is there a space for like this to be cynic to, to like be cutting mm, and, I um, think so. And to be and I I think so too. I still hold But I, that. I
0: don't the initial the initial reading of it makes it sound like it's a little bit just about, you know, hippy dippy stuff and I don't think that's necessarily the case.
1: Like this idea that, that you'd be you know, optimistic enough for, for an outcome and that, and that your voice matters. And in the case I was listening to, it was an argument to vote still. Hmm. And uh, and, th- and that was, uh, like, approaching people and trying to persuade them that, like, it, that there's worth. You know, there's a lot to romanticize in a good way. I think that there is, this is still the time for art. And I think that there's, you know, there's stuff to look forward to. Yeah, I love him or hate him, but I think that Shia Buff is doing really authentic stuff. And even if I, like... I enj- maybe I enjoy a piece for not what he meant it to be. It doesn't matter um, at <laughs> right. all. And that's, what, and that's the whole idea. I mean, like, this isn't, um, I'm not buying the rights to enjoy it, you know, put it on my wall, right? Like, <gasps> this is something that, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's this expression. And, and I think that is going back to this is act of, of course, the video is in front of a green screen, you know? Of course, it's, if, if you wanted to, you could already appropriate it. There's no one that's going to stop yeah. you because that's just the way things are. But it's still, um, like, set in stone that it is part of the art. And, um, and it's kind of just acknowledged. So, yeah, that's, I guess that's my, my two cents there. But, yeah, so we want to talk about uh, Shia's swag.
0: His <laughs> swag, bro. <laughs> bro, I don't know where he grew up exactly, but wherever he grew up, he said that, like, there was, like, a ton of cholos around his area. And, like, that's exactly where I grew up. You and I are both from Arizona. Um, I grew up eight miles away from the Mexican border. And I've, you know, every single one of my neighbors are illegal immigrants. (laughs) And, like, you know, what you did back then is you, like, learn how to break dance and had, like, really dope cholo style. And, like, obviously I didn't have dope cholo style because I'm, like, grew up in, like, a super conservative white family. I always thought it was really cool, you know, and I, I I find myself subconsciously, Uh, emulating it sometimes. But, like, you can definitely see that in Shia's style. Kanye West um, has actually met with him and, like, like, his Yeezy season line has been kind of influenced by Shia's kind of, like, homeless look.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's something... I have really, like, no diagnosis at all as to why, like, we gravitate to that. I feel like since, like, 2012, it's been, like, a very... There's like this mix of like Shia LaBeouf or like Mac Demarco. <laughs> like you know, maybe like, it's because he's
0: like a man of the people, you know? He's yeah, like, that, that's th- he's this He has earlier. all this money, but he doesn't dress like Brad Pitt or uh, I don't know who name name whoever.
1: Um, yeah, I wish I could find that that interview he's in. He has like a, he points it out. He's wearing a corduroy, like like uh, like this like like a corduroy Sick. jacket. It's very modest. Uh, but very cool though. It's very in, you know. It's like what you see on, like, on like hype Instagram stuff, you know. Like, like I imagine like a boutique line, and then yeah, yeah. it's like something like that. But um, yeah, for it's people cool. People who don't
0: know, he's kind of known for wearing just old jackets, like old bomber jackets, or like Patagonia Cinchilla vibe with like hoodies underneath, and just like skinny jeans, sometimes yoga pants, <laughs> and just like rocking. Uh, a cheap pair of skate shoes or, like, military boots, and he's always rocking, like, a dad hat. Kanye, like, if you look at Yeezy, that's kind of what Yeezy is. It's, like, dad hats, giant, like, workwear um, Mm -hmm. bombers and, like, uh, military boots and stuff like that. Him and Kanye actually met up, and he, uh, Kanye asked if he could, like, have some of his clothes. (laughs) And, like, Shia's like, you know, how can I say no to the god Kanye West? Apparently Kanye took, like, his whole wardrobe, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and you see Kanye, like, rocking, like, the same hat that uh, Shia had, and uh, he ends up, like, doing a freestyle about him that didn't make it onto one of his records.
1: I really like the idea, yeah, of, like, Kanye West wearing Shia LaBeouf's clothes. <laughs> I'm being stoked about it.
0: That is so sick. Just, like, Kanye's, like, so... Like, that's the thing is Kanye is this ultra-optimist, ultra-honesty, ultra-spirituality. So, like, they definitely are on the same uh, wavelengths.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I totally agree. It's, you know, I, I think that uh, it's almost you know unfortunate that there's like, like politics, and, and yeah. it make I mean it's, it is what it is. It's, it's absolutely unescapable. But, but there's a total like parallel between them for sure.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite. I thought lines. you were going to mention that
1: when you were when you're going through apologies, of him. Uh-huh. You said I was expecting, Kanye West ap- like uh-huh. apology to be one of them. At least i gonna look forward to because I feel like he he um, like all of, like this whole arc that we're talking about, Kanye West already did. Uh, yeah, it's true. Of, this is very um,
0: much. I'm starting to realize that like they're very similar. Especially yeah, like, you know, of
1: like uh, offending and and going into hiding, mm-hmm. and then and trying to even going into normalcy. a mental
0: institution. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then writing and then making an artwork about their breakdown. You know, um, like Kanye's yeah. album "Yay." It's it's called "Yay." But like on it, it says, "I hate being bipolar. It's awesome" or something like that. <laughs> and oh, my yeah, favorite—that
1: was, that was like one, uh, what, two years ago, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Jackson, Wyoming. Anyway, um, one thing that I thought was really cool about that album, one of his, one of the lines it says in there is, "Just say it out loud to see how it feels." And I thought it's like such a dope line. That's the idea. It's like say exactly how you're feeling. It doesn't matter if it's offensive, if it's wrong. If it's, um, if it's too much for people to hear. I just like the idea with, as far as like a creative person, just say it out loud, see how it feels.
1: I agree. I think that um, we didn't really like get this a whole lot, but I think that um, like Kanye West is where, is, is like kind of the end game of acknowledging though the, the pain. And, and that's kind of maybe what I was grasping for. Because that's kind of answered now, of, like say it, no matter how ugly it is well kanye definitely he's
0: one of those that. people who like wears his his influences on his sleeve so we're, yeah. i'm definitely gonna be we're definitely gonna be making a podcast about him too
1: yeah i yeah i love kanye he's the man yeah i think well, like of course you love who... kanye
0: you're white you're insensitive <laughs> all <Alt-white>. right <laughs> No, that's behind him we don't even talk about that anymore that was like two years ago so mm-hmm. don't worry you can like him again
1: yeah well, well even still too i feel like um I don't know, it's like old, old too, it's like not only can you like me again, but it's like I think it's long enough. Can we enjoy it and, and laugh at it too? It's like pretty pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty mad, pretty ludicrous. But... I guess yeah, we can just close, you know, I I'm the it's been a cool timeline. I just, yeah. Both had pretty awesome histories and, and I and I'm glad that that we have them like influencing our culture and, and I think that Shia Buff has done really cool stuff. And I think like from from 2016 onwards the he will not divide us piece among others was like a really good explanation, explanation of that and, time period yeah, yeah definition yeah like a, a reference point as far as like aesthetic too of what this generation looked like and how you know just like how we kind of we have our own made up simulation yeah. of like the 80s and 90s but that's i think what will be remembered uh um, West too i think it's like very influential and in, in, things that we'll we'll have like imprinted so
0: yeah radical honesty spiritual seekers of truth man they're Mm -hmm. both they're both like that also style gods both of them so uh (laughs) it's uh it's really cool absolute slag um (laughs) i think it's dope that we can we can let someone who's Kind of made really commercial work make experimental work and we don't necessarily give them too much crap for that i mean maybe people do but i don't because i'm when i see someone moving into a place of honesty and pushing their limits i'm always mm-hmm. stoked about that you know
1: no i agree and i think it's something that we really need to give credit to when that happens it's like yeah like um is it, you know we don't watch tv anymore there are things that we just don't consume. That's like still around, but we still put those things on the pedestal as if that's like the consensus. Mm-hmm. But uh, not not really. Like like uh, like, Shia LaBeouf had that movie that, that what um, we was talking about, Honey Boy, which was like I think really you know in vain of of this message of this movement that was on Amazon. Like everybody consumes that. Kanye West music is like very much. It's all totally accessible, and, and I don't know if it's mm-hmm. called it mainstream, but it's it's close to it, and yeah. um, I think it's like worth celebrating and and being stoked about.
0: It. Absolutely, man, absolutely, and I'm pretty stoked to see. I mean, he'll be making work hopefully, until he's an old man. Oh, I'll also add that a poet and a critic and a kind of a writer that Shia really likes who we didn't even talk about is uh Kenneth Goldsmith so if you want some Shia philosophy deep cuts go look up Kenneth Goldsmith learn grow you got anything else
1: thanks for listening guys yeah and girls truly
0: and sincerely
1: Uh, Something cool I found online This lady who's obsessed with Ninja Turtles And uh She like blew her like life savings on all the memorabilia Uh, I found her Instagram and her dad is in the hospital And is like Really like on life support He's not doing well And it's like this really like heartbreaking It's like all Ninja Turtle Um memorabilia And like drawings And then hospital (laughs) posts Of her like next to her dying dad And an update right with like Like Dinger turtle swag and then it's like yeah like my dad had a bad day today i don't know how much longer he's gonna make it and it's like (laughs) a really raw page and i'm totally in it it's cowabunga corner
0: cowabunga corner on instagram that's dope yeah
1: so go give her a follow sweet lady